Hey, Molly here to confirm that, yes, the rumors are true. We're on Patreon. With your monthly membership, you'll get access to a bonus episode, as well as access to Patreon-only polls and posts about the info that we didn't have time for in the regular episodes. Hope to see you there. Bye-bye. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. What do yeah. We, I, I don't, I've never, I, you, no. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, that really oh, hey. kind of grosses me out. That was so organic. Thank you. So what is the truth, as you title this book, right. about relationships? Written you, like a Bible, too, right. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you make it look like a Bible, I think, is also very interesting. Yeah, and the game was a black Bible, so this is kind of a white Bible, mm-hmm. so it's sort of the, the, the bookend to it. And so the truth was, I mean, to me it's two things. One, it's the opposite of the game, like you were saying at the top, that the game is kind of manipulation, and what is the opposite of that is the truth. And secondly, it's kind of what you need in a relationship. If you look at the Ashley Madison scandal, or you look at my relationship, your relationships, you know, you look at you look at that and people are so scared to be honest with their partner because they are scared of what they'll think, mm-hmm. what they might do mm-hmm. to really show themselves and their vulnerability. Hey, uh, Molly. Sure. I'm my name is Katie. <laughs> I'm interested. Uh, you know, looking at you right now, I'm sort of realizing heaven must be missing an angel. <gasps> you mean me? It's me. I d- it's you. That's beautiful. I had a I had a version of this where I was thinking about that pickup line, <laughs> and then I was like, "What if someone said like, hey, did it hurt when you burst through the earth's crust coming up from the shadowy depths of hell?" I would like if someone said that to me. I know that was, <laughs> um, I but mine mine I was preparing specifically um for uh, a, a a a paler complexion uh, person. Okay, um, you can address hey, it to me. <clears throat> Pretend you're like a tall white guy. Okay. Hey, do you have a straw? Because I'm thirsty and you look like a tall glass of mayonnaise. You're fully erect. (laughs) Admit it. That was my dick hitting the table. Um, Katie and I are are practicing (laughs) what we've learned um, from our study of pickup artists. Yes. Which is the subject of today's episode. Ay, ay, ay. Um, yeah, we wanna we wanna teach you what you've learned, what we've learned, <laughs> and some, what you will learn. <laughs> uh, some tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, we're mostly focusing on the game by Neil Strauss, which came out in two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. We want to talk when about men like, were somehow worse. <laughs> well, I feel like okay. So Neil Strauss has said this himself, where he's like, people who really hate the game and think it's evil. Um, haven't read it. Yeah. So I have, uh, I read about half of it, which I feel like is (laughs) Is enough. enough. I got the gist. (laughs) And I feel like it is more of a complicated story. And he does land in a place of, hey, uh, strings of meaningless relationships and manipulating people for sex isn't good for your soul or overall well-being. Mm-hmm. Like, that is where he ultimately lands. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have... Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> Flipping over all the cards kind of early. But it's so interesting because 2005, uh, that was before the plague of what we now know of incels really hit the mainstream. That is true. And, you so- and I think culturally we trace that attitude toward women of um, seeing them as uh, 
objects mm-hmm. or just seeing them as sort of frustrating obstacles who, for some reason, you can't trick into doing what you want. We sort of trace that mentality culturally mm-hmm. back to him. And I want to talk about like what it is that the game was actually saying versus how it's sort of been perverted mm. now uh, with our current culture or our current the current trends in the male community we'll call it (laughs) for like what the problem is um how men describe the problems of dating today yeah i think is so uh troubled and confused Mm. and i feel like honestly go back to the game like go back to where it started because he actually makes some strong points okay and some um you know it's not all great We'll talk about some of the more disturbing <laughs> aspects, but none of it is as bad as what's gotten this incel as culture. to what has sort of taken off okay. uh, on Reddit today. If you want to know more about incels, uh, LA Not oh, So just, Confidential. Yeah, oh, they did. They've done uh, some really interesting. Ep- they've really, they've really taken that topic by the horns. They really have, and so contrapoints on YouTube. And contrapoints on YouTube. Her uh, episode about incels just changed my life. Changed my life. Yeah, she's great. So LA Not So, and then. Contrapoints for more. Yeah. Um, Contrapoint is more like the flawed internal philosophy yes, of yes, the yes. incels. And Ellie Natal Confidential, as I'm sure our listeners know, do uh, do a psychological analysis. Mm-hmm. And they are they are real um, mental health professionals. And they know they're, what they're doctors, about. unlike what Molly and I claim to be. Right. So the book opens um, with a quote from Betty Friedan. Okay. Uh, do you know who that is? No. She's a feminist from a feminist writer from the 1970s, uh, and the quote nice is: "Nice move. I know. Good move. Good Very, move." Very. Uh, okay. <laughs> so he's uh, the quote goes: "Men weren't really the enemy. They were fellow victims suffering from an outmoded masculine mystique that made them feel unnecessarily inadequate when there were no bears to kill." Mm. And I was like. We're off to a good start. And you might say, like, well, obviously that was like a cynical move on his part. He quotes a lot of feminist authors Mm. and just women authors in general throughout the book. And it's like, well, he's just doing that to say, like, how could I be a misogynist? Look at all these feminists. Well, yeah, I read women. I still still feel like that was a, a good good place to start. I just do. So... He talks about how uh, he feels like a failure at the outside of this book uh, and how he's really um, he didn't lose his virginity until his 20s. And he just never he feels very nervous approaching women. Mm. He finds them very intimidating. I liked what he said at the beginning, um, this quote where he says, a man has two primary drives in early adulthood, one toward power, success and accomplishment, the other toward love, companionship and sex. Half of life then was out of order. To go before them, meaning the pickup artists, Mm -hmm. was to stand up as a man and admit that I was only half a man. Okay. So he's like, I feel like he does do a good job of making himself a fairly sympathetic. Yeah. Because he's not, he's not blaming women. He's not saying women are the problem. Right. He's saying I'm the problem. I have low self-esteem. I have a hard time talking to women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I I need to fix myself. So how he does this is he signs up. For a workshop held by a man named Mystery. Uh, He says, it is no easy feat to sign up for a workshop dedicated to picking up women. To do so is to acknowledge defeat, inferiority, Mm. and inadequacy. Those who ask for help are those who have often failed to do something for themselves. So if drug addicts go to rehab, social 
retards go to pickup school. It was 2005. Mm -hmm. People, uh, we'll bleep that out. We'll bleep it. (laughs) So he goes to meet this man named Mystery. And I can't, when when I first read that, and then Neil Strauss, as the book goes on, he takes on the name Style. That's his pickup artist right? Name. And I f- thought initially reading it, I was like, oh, these must be like pseudonyms that they're using in the book to protect the identity of no. these people. No. There's mystery really a man a named real Mystery. Person, or he goes by Mystery. That's his real identity. You can find him on Twitter. He's still- I'm good. <laughs> he's still out and about doing his thing. He was on a huh. VH1 uh, show not too long ago. Um Hip. But yeah, uh, he has a real, this mystery guy, I need to describe him physically for you to really get what's going on. He has a real Chris Angel type look. I was picturing Chris Angel when you said mystery. Yeah. Uh, he wears like steampunk goggles. Uh, he has a chin piercing, a labrette piercing. What oh yeah, under the right lip here? that's like between yeah. the chin. Yeah, he has yeah. a pointy labrette piercing, uh, has a soul patch. Of course. Often paints his nails black. Just, uh, I put in my notes, just a really, really, really early 2000s man. Yeah, he. we know this man. <laughs> we all know this we man. We all know this man. Some of the other cool nicknames that come up are Herbal, Papa, uh, I put mystery again. <laughs> Grimble. Grimble was another one. I forget why Grimble cool. is called Grimble. <laughs> Because Grimble, oh, I feel bad laughing. <laughs> emulating a troll under a bridge. Yeah. I don't, Ooh, I don't know what the thinking was behind Grimble. But yes, yeah, so they all have these dumbass nicknames. Um, they'll rent these big mansions, and they <laughs> one of the mansions that they uh, rented in Hollywood they called Project Hollywood to do. Really, oh, this is where they do their conventions. Well, so this is where so they all get together. They travel the country. These pickup artists, and they uh, just go on with they call sarging missions sarging is picking up women um i want to talk more about the uh all of the lingo you'll notice i'm using a lot of lingo they love lingo they love lingo (laughs) they uh so there are a lot of acronyms in this book PUA obviously stands for pickup artist. HB is a hot babe Uh, a woman like (laughs) touching your arm or uh, kissing you or something uh, that's an IOI, an indicator of interest. An indicator of interest. An IOI. Beautiful. An AFC is an average frustrated chump. Oh. They call, again, like I said, Sarging is going out together to pick up women. Uh, peacocking. Let's go, boys. And <laughs> yeah. they're just nah, like, nah, 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 <laughs> that's nah, what I'm nah. imagining when I yeah. see a dark cloud of men running towards <laughs> me. <laughs> Um, yeah, they talk about uh, peacocking, which I know is where, what do you, you know about? What I think is, like, you have to wear something loud or, like, these steampunk goggles and stuff, something to, like, right. peacock yourself. Right. So, mystery, of course, is an expert at this. Yeah. I mean, he has a piercing and a goatee. It's a lot. And uh, they go, so, peacocking is, like you're saying, like, wearing cowboy hats, mm-hmm. feather boas, light-up necklaces, sunglasses at night, whatever they think might get attention from women. Which, oh, you'll certainly get which, attention. Which, which, I will say. Molly. <laughs> it, it's stupid, but <laughs> but it like I feel like the idea of a conversation starter is not bad. Those are bad. Those are bad things I agree. to wear. Oh, a conversation starter, I agree. It's but great. A con- the idea, I feel I, like it's there. I peacock. Women you, can get away with you it. You peacock. Yeah. Describe your peacock. I'm not right now, but in general, I have like blonde hair. I 
wear a lot of glitter when I go out. Uh, Is that peacocking? But you see, and here, here, here we have the first. Women sort of naturally peacock. You're right. We are naturally. Because we are. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. You know what? You're right. I Without don't peacock. Trying. I just exist. Yeah. Yeah. Your whole life is a big tail feather. <laughs> you know what I mean. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, She's hitting on me. <laughs> Mystery uh, takes this idea of peacocking to an extreme. Mm-hmm. There's a part <laughs> where they're going out and Neil says that Mystery is wearing, I'm sorry, Style says oh. that Mystery is wearing six-inch platform boots and a bright red tiger-striped cowboy hat. Uh, which combined to make him seven feet tall. Oh my he God. added skin tight black PVC pants, oh. futuristic goggles. He means steampunk goggles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a plastic spiked backpack, a mesh see through skirt, black eyeliner, white eyeshadow, and as many as seven watches on his wrist. <laughs> and that's how he gets laid. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say if you saw someone Molly. walk into a bar wearing that? I'd say, I don't know. I, don't, I, I was say, clearly, you know what time it is. <laughs> and it's time to leave. We would look at each other and say, where are we? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I would actually be like, I've, I've died. <laughs> you would look at me and say, you are not picking the bar next time. Yes. This is your fault. Wow. Uh, okay, so the other things I mentioned, I think a conversation starter's a decent idea. Uh, I think yeah, I that um, they also talk about how you should walk into a room smiling and confident, which could be weird done by a sufficiently awkward person, but I feel like— I also agree with that general, sentiment. In general. My mom always said, walk into a room like you've, like you've been there before. Right. Yeah, so I think that in these, uh, it, it, although a lot of what he suggests is insane, there are little kernels of actually good I ideas. agree, I agree. And if you're a nervous and shy person, like they talk about some of their lines that they do, like, hey, are you guys sisters? Or, hey, you guys look like your best friend. How long have you known each other? Like, having That's also okay. little lines mm-hmm. ready to go, I think is uh, it, it actually a decent Decent idea. I agree. It seems their execution is off, but their ideas are okay. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, well, okay. There's one that I thought this could actually work where he was like, oh, I want to try something on you. It's called like soul gazing. And then they stare into each other's eyes. Women and men? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Women and man? I thought it was mystery and style. Oh, no. This okay. is like a this is like a pickup thing. And oh. it, they do say like staring into someone's eyes like is a good way to form a quick connection with them like would it's, you like allow a man to look at you no uh no okay well okay the women that they're hitting on are not me you know what i mean like they talk about the girls that they're into and it's like uh like the miami south beach like tall and like modely and like they talk about fake boobs a lot they like as like a good thing it's yeah. like her boobs were so fake <laughs> um so yeah so you know I got it. Uh, you know, I'm not. I, you I think those women are more willing to eye stare. I okay. All right, uh, we don't have I to liked, dive into this that. But I liked that what he said, where he was like talked about all these kind of uh, like open it. Oh, another one is he would say like, oh, um, let's let's play a little game. Oh. Uh, imagine a box in a desert, okay, or a cube in a desert. Okay, okay. Describe the box to me. A brown. 
brown box. That's all I can <laughs> How picture. How big is it? Small. Okay, well, this makes no sense because the idea is that how big the box is corresponds to how big your ego is. I think I don't have a big <laughs> it's Okay, um, roll the tape. <laughs> Let's review sure the Justin past has. four seasons of Yeah, No, Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, uh, if it's a transparent box, then you're like an open. If it's like a glass box, you're like an open person. If it, oh. Anyway, it's just like astrology where it's kind of open-ended things and it just gets people to talk about themselves. Yeah. Again. Again, a good strategy. He says in his book, psychological games are like chick crack. <laughs> I won't argue. <laughs> I, she seems high right now. She's <laughs> she's in love with style. Neil Strauss. Oh, style. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what's under that cowboy hat. A bald head. A ba- of course. So he talks about his insecurities. <laughs> And uh, he meant er, he's like he he's balding. Eventually, shaves his head. Um, and you and I watched an interview with him. Mm-hmm. I, I would say his vibe is very squirrely. Yeah. Uh, so you can see like why he doesn't have the the easiest time. He's not someone w- where women are naturally drawn to. So yeah. This is advice for 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 men who feel like they're not just sucking women into yeah. their aura. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't feel like he's wrong about all of this, but, but, but the more, uh, unpleasant things <laughs> that he comes up with. Now we're getting somewhere. Uh, so he talks about things like one-itis, which is this idea that you should not get stuck on one girl. It's girls who are after love, not you. So no don't get hung way. up. You'll slow yourself down. So anytime you feel yourself like. In any, the night talking any, to one person. No, that's fine. Uh, that's, okay. that's See, that's moving towards number closing. <sighs> number closing is getting someone's number. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was and like, what, what are you going to tell oh me? Oh, God. <laughs> yes, uh, the, the jargon. <laughs> like, he'll talk about, like, a group of three people. It's a three set. <laughs> like, they're always like, are you going to number close that two set? <laughs> like, it's, you know you're in trouble when men are coming up with, like, fake military jargon. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ever been in a car with a man who's parallel parking? You yes. can't tell him he's not a fighter pilot in that moment. <laughs> no, oh, 100%. And they very much have that energy throughout. <laughs> Two set number clothes, yeah. my guy. <laughs> Sarging. <laughs> so, yeah, that's their vibe. And, like, look, you know, men. That's- so they fo- so the one, what are the other? I want to know all the negative ones. Okay. And then, of course, negging, which is what people <sighs> associate the most with this book. And Neil Strauss, I've seen him stress in later interviews that, like, hey, I didn't come up with negging. No, he didn't. I was just reporting on a phenomenon that already existed. It's tale as old as time, I think. Yeah. And it's also, but it's also like, Neil, don't be a pussy. Like, just kind of, come on. It. Like, you little weasel. Just say that you love negging. So, Katie, okay, so they have a, a handout that they include in the book. I'm scared. <laughs> Katie, no, I already showed this to you. Katie, oh, tell yeah. me what you see. I'm looking at a stick figure of a girl. Mm-hmm. She has a skirt and hair. And then there's <laughs> um, some notes around. Should I read the some? The notes are classic negs. Should I? Yeah, read them. How cute. Your nose wiggles when you talk. Say something again. Smile. That's not that bad. Yeah. No. Um, ew, you spit on me. <laughs> <laughs> You blink a lot. 
Um, nice nails. Are they real? Uh, uh, well, they look nice anyway. I guess they're not real. They yeah. love fake tits, hate fake nails. Yeah. I like that skirt. Those are really popular these days. I don't, Yeah, that one I don't get. Like, I tried to say it in a mean way, but it's not that mean. Yeah. Um, or alternative. I like that skirt. I just saw a girl wearing it a, f- a few minutes ago. So they really, uh, they, this comes up more than once where they Stop the clothes? They, they think that um, women are upset at the idea of wearing the same clothes as other women. Men like to think that. It's not true. I uh, maybe it not was at one point, yeah, but maybe. I think it's it, that that one is expired, fellas. <gasps> this one's good. You kind of have man hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite one was um, <clears throat> if you scroll down, it says those shoes look really comfortable. And I was like, Katie has used that neg on me. I, I was going to say that's my classic neg. <laughs> no, I always boys? say, you look comfy. You're like, that's a fun top. <laughs> yeah. I think you look really comfortable is always If a good. man said that to me, I would actually scream. It's always a good neg. Because I'm uncomfortable all the time. Yeah. In my shoes. I know. I've come over to your house when it's just me coming over. And I'm you're in wearing a gown. a gown. And a full face of makeup and high heels. I'm like, yeah. Katie, look it's at what I'm us wearing. Gals. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Katie, for the last time, this isn't gonna happen <laughs> between us. There's like mood lighting yeah. and yeah, and incense. <laughs> I try. You blow out those candles. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So I wanted to make this little sidebar about negging. Uh, last night I was on Tinder and I matched with a fella <gasps> by the name of Neil. And I said Ha ha, your name is Neil. I'm reading the game by Neil Strauss. And he's like, ha ha ha, oh my God, you should neg me. And Neil. so <laughs> there's not, he didn't have like a ton of information on his profile. It's Tinder, come on. Um, but I looked through his photos and the last two photos, uh, one of them he was in a gondola and, and another one he was on a horse. And so I said, gondolas, horses, are you trying to tell me you don't know how to drive? <laughs> and then there was a <laughs> long pause. That's very good. Thank you. Uh, long pause, and then he sent me a crying emoji, <laughs> and then the words, so mean. <laughs> men do Neil not like, gets it. <laughs> men do not like being negged. No, they no, really don't. No, I think don't. he was He was serious. actually upset, you think? <laughs> think? It took us a while to come back from oh, that. Oh, God, you could have been way worse. I know. You're pretty rough. I'm pretty mean if you I want to be. Thank you. But only, you know, appropriately. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the more hard to believe tactics. The, oh my god! Okay, so they advocate bringing a little bag around with you that has all all these little conversation starters and like tricks and gum and notebooks with pens to write down numbers, and, which is more practical. But then it's also like, oh yeah, bring um, a bag of runes. Runes. <laughs> Do rune readings. They're into like palm readings, rune readings, guessing. Well, what pick a number from one to ten? I'll guess it. Like a lot of um, this is so exhausting. I I feel bad for them. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. Yeah, good. I'm glad that you're cultivating sympathy. I am. You're gonna need it. You're gonna need it. I know. Save it up. Um. So they. He also talks about meeting a seductionist. What? As a, uh, <laughs> a, a pickup artist named Ross Jeffries, who is really into hypnosis. 
uh, which he uh, and also something he called NLP, neuro linguistic programming, mm. where you do a gesture while you say something, and it makes women associate that gesture with a feeling. I'll try to describe. We're not rats so- <laughs> in a cage that you're teaching something weird to. <laughs> So this guy is recommending Ross Jeffries to style, and he says, "Oh my god!" He's like, "How much of your, uh, how much of your pickup is still is technology, meaning tricks?" Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, "I've got it down to where it's ninety percent technology and only ten percent what I say," which is confusing. Um, and then he goes on to say, oh man, I had a girl over here last week and I gave her a whole new identity. I did a sexual value elicitation and then changed her whole timeline and internal reality. Then I brushed my finger along her face, telling her to notice, and here he switched to a slow hypnotic voice, how wherever I touch, it leaves a trail of energy moving through you. And wherever you can feel this energy spreading, the deeper you want to allow yourself to feel these sensations becoming even more intense. And then he sa- and then it, Neil's like, well, what happened then? And he says, like, as he traced his, her, uh, his finger down her face that she started sucking his finger. And I want to explain what was happening. Um, she was so weirded out. She was like, "How do I get out of this?" She was begging for help. There were some. Uh, there were some of these scenarios they describe, and they act like, "And I'm pretty sure it worked." And it like did it work? <laughs> so did you fuck or not? So he they doesn't don't. get to that. Okay, so. I'm glad you brought that up. They also advocate this guy. Okay, so this isn't Neil Strauss talking. This is someone in his, like, secret forum for pickup artists where he's saying, like, here's how you hit on a waitress. Mm -hmm. And he talks about being really cocky and over the top and saying, like, I don't want to date you. Um, But then when you come back, be like, hey, are you my girlfriend yet? And put your arm around her. And I was like... No, 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 no. Do not bother people at work, you fucking creep. Don't touch people. And Here's then, the thing. Don't touch anyone. And, and don't touch Nerds. anyone. And then the whole, and it goes on for forever, like what exactly to say to get waitresses to notice you. And he's like, I guarantee you all those waitresses will remember you. And it's like, no shit. Yeah. They have your headshot in the kitchen. <laughs> and they're like, look in. out yeah. for this man. <laughs> or like they take turns, like they draw straws for like who has to fucking deal with you when you come in. And then it's like at the end, it's like, did you get laid? And he's like, well, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm pretty sure that I'm on my way. No follow-up. No. You never get a follow-up. No. Because you know what? Those women hate your guts. They hate your slimy guts. So it's not all great in the game. No. (laughs) Well, no. More, you've said better things than I thought would happen. So the grossest part, I thought. I have a stomachache already, Molly. (laughs) when Neil starts dating a 19-year-old who has a son. Uh, and at one and point... And Neil's what age? I think he's in his 30s at this point. So uh, he's so enamored with her that he actually does go to visit her home in the suburbs where she lives with her parents. <clears throat> and he meets her baby. And she says, do you want to hold him? Caroline asked. And then Neil says, it was kind of cool. This is what I got into the game for, to have these kinds of adventures, to hold a baby in my arms for the first time and wonder, what does his mother expect of me? <laughs> it's like, are you oh, wondering? that's why you got into it's, the game? It's like, it's Was like, to hold a baby in your arms and wonder what its mother wants of you? 
That seems so unlikely, that, Neil. That's very specific, Neil. <laughs> and it's like, are you wondering or are you pretending not to know because you'd like to keep fucking a 19-year-old? Yeah. I have a guess. I, uh, Neil, we're going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> Neil. Style, hun, listen Deal. up. Style. <laughs> Steals your name. Steals my name. <laughs> I'm Grimba. <laughs> Grimba. A female Grimble. Gross. Um, I think Grimble is the one who likes hypnosis. So that makes sense. Okay. That works for you. God, I've lost a lot today. <laughs> a lot of things have left me. Yeah. Appetite being the first. Oh, my God. We're so not even Molly, close to the worst part. I can't take um, it. Okay. So Neil sort of, when he starts out on this journey, he brings up his friend Dustin, who he know, knew in his early 20s as like this example of a guy who he thought was like an incredible pickup artist. And he was so wowed by his mm-hmm. abilities with women. And he talks about how Dustin once picked up this girl who said she had a boyfriend. And then the two of them, Neil and this guy Dustin, bring this girl back to the apartment. And then they're both making out with her. And then Dustin has sex with this girl in front of Neil. Oh, Men, is this normal? (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just, uh, I don't know, that seems really strange to me. It's like there was no agreement of it being a threesome or, like, why would he tell Neil to leave? I don't know. He's Um, like, this is how a man does it. And I'm just imagining he has braces and, like, braids. Yeah. (laughs) This sort of, like, sparks his uh, amazement at Dustin and wanting to be like Dustin. But then Dustin... After Neil is sort of like making progress, like, yeah, I'm a pickup artist. People are asking me for advice now. I'm really making it. Dustin shows back up and is like, what's up? I've been at a yeshiva in Jerusalem, which is a religious Mm -hmm. school. And uh, I just want to (laughs) say I idealize a lifestyle and behavior that were corrupt. I abhorred kindness, mercy, human dignity, and intimacy. Instead, I used, degraded, and exploited women. I thought only about my pleasure and attempted to corrupt anyone I met. To whatever extent I am guilty of affecting the natural goodness of your soul, I apologize. Oh, my God. So this kind of And Neil forced, was like, rock on. And Neil was like, can you get out? <laughs> like, I'm <Just> busy. <laughs> Dustin, that's super lame. But Dustin is <laughs> foreshadowing because oh. Mystery, his guru, eventually spirals out of control. Yeah, because, he was on his way. Oh my God. So, okay, I admittedly have not finished the book, but what's so confusing is he's like, Mystery, so cool. But then he immediately describes Mystery. It's like he lives with his parents and his sister uh, and his nieces, and he uh, has a girlfriend named Patricia who's from Eastern Europe, and he's... He's like sculpting her into his ideal woman. He convinced convinced her to get breast implants and to become a stripper. I'm just like, what a strange list of things to want for someone. I don't know. Call me old fashioned. Um, But I like girls with the boobs they came with and jobs they chose for themselves. Amen, sister. Uh, So, (laughs) but she came with. So she does uh, these things. to please him, but she draws a line at, uh, at bisexuality where she's like, I'm not interested in having Good sex with her. another girl. And he's like, well, I 
uh, he talks about how he can't climax unless he thinks about her with another girl. Cool. It sounds like your problem, Mystery. And it's like, Mystery, I think you have some sexual performance issues. And maybe that's where a lot of this is stemming from. Which, by the way, is not the only time in this book that that issue comes up. Ah. Where a lot of the men who are having trouble with women seem to also have trouble performing or have It's like, it's... Clearly, the it what I think that Neil does a good job of highlighting is that the issue is not just with meeting girls or getting girls to do what you want. Like there are deep seated oh yes issues that yes. are maybe not being uh, explored. Um, so now I wanted to hear from uh, our f- friend and former audio engineer yeah. from like season. One or two, one, one of, two? season one and two of Yeah, no, yeah, of Yeah, no, yeah, back in Austin. <laughs> if you'll pal, recall, yeah, our pal uh, from Impress Play, Chris. What I really liked about what Chris said is that um, so he mentions models by Mark Manson, which he says is a lot more of a. Uh, of a productive read in mm-hmm. terms of figuring out what women uh, want, but you know, I'll let I'll let him explain. Chris, take it away. So my major takeaway from reading these books was, uh, I guess, it was a few things. I found the fact that they sort of, a, men were approaching these things with sort of a scientific method and sharing their ideas. I found that novel. Um, if you are assuming that what the authors say, is saying is true, um, I found it interesting that, you know, in fact any of their tactics were actually working, which meant that it sort of gave, you know, it gave men a, a, a way to practice something. It, was, it wasn't it was just, uh, I guess my point is, um, prior to reading the books, I think a lot of what men talk about is just, you know, well, we don't know what women want, right? But these guys were out there trying to figure out what women want and what worked, and they were proving it, at least among themselves and, you know, uh, behind closed doors. Um, so I found that part novel. Um, the way the, <laughs> the men in the game approached it was generally cheesy. They were using tactics like magic and things um, and negging and a lot of things that would be considered somewhat vile in order to get women to sleep with them. Um, but um, I found the approach in uh, models to be much less toxic. And frankly, it was more of a self-help book than anything. Um I guess my other takeaway from reading the books was just that uh, there's a reason why they exist, um, and it's sort of twofold. One, I don't think men want to have to resort to any tactic at all, um, but they feel that they have to. Um, I think men ideally feel like what they want is to just be themselves and be able to attract women um, that are equal to them uh, or that they're women that they're interested in. But unfortunately, I think people are finding that they, they feel that they can't. So they're resorting to books. I think that that's a good point. That's like, um, I've talked to a lot of men about the game preparing Have you for been? this episode. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's something that I've heard echoed through a lot of what they've told me. It's like, uh, men don't really want to, normal men aren't really setting out to like manipulate a mm-hmm. trick. It's just like, by being myself, I don't get anywhere. So how do I figure that out? Yeah. And to that I say, fair enough. I say also fair enough. 
So um, here's what happened with Neil after the game. Um, in 2015, he came out with another book called The Truth. And it's about uh, meeting and falling in love with a model named Ingrid Dilla O. Uh, and then, uh, but he's unable to stay faithful to her, and he <laughs> cheats on her with her best friend. Nice. Uh, and he suggests polyamory, and she's like, "Get out, get away yeah, from this me, is my friend. You need to go to rehab." Um, so eventually, he does go to rehab for sex addiction. I think so. I think that doesn't exist. See our episode on sex addiction. Um, but he basically talks about how, like, and he does admit in the game where he's like, "These tactics did eventually lower my or." Yeah, lower my opinion of women in general. Or yeah, it's like when I had a worse attitude toward women, I tended to do better at picking them up. Huh. And it sort of gets him in this mind frame that he eventually has <coughs> to struggle out of. Yeah. So he's followed up in a big way. Um, he, he conditioned did, himself so deeply. Yeah. But then he wrote uh, wrote the truth, and he and Ingrid uh, got married in 2013. At his bachelor party, the theme was uh, a funeral for style, his alter ego. And he had this suit that he wore as style laid out in a casket. Molly. <laughs> Katie is holding her head in her hands. <sighs> I rarely feel this way where I just want to line these men up and flog them and be like, you are bad little boys. <laughs> You well, know? They want that. No, they don't. So, <laughs> Not from me. So um, so they had their first kid in 2015. Uh, they did get divorced in 2018. Yeah, I imagine so. In the blast. I don't know if infidelity was part of that. I don't know why. There's very little information about their divorce online. Okay. But yeah, so that's, that's the cycle of <laughs> Neil and the game and the truth. Uh, like I said, Neil is not at all the most odious no. <laughs> of uh, uh, of the people, of the men out there who are describing how dating should be. Um, the worst example <laughs> that we can find is from a man named Roosh V, or the worst example I'm aware of. His real name is Darius Velizida. I don't actually know how to say it, and I don't care. He yeah. goes by Roosh V. So he is a men's rights activist, and he wrote a series of books called uh, Bang, where it was like how to bang in different countries, where it's like bang Ukraine, bang Colombia, don't bang in Denmark, skip it. Um, Sex? But yeah. Oh. So basically, he's just, it's really uh, fucked because he's basically going to really poor countries or uh, countries where there are a lot of women who would maybe like to leave. And uh, he's sort of using that as uh, leverage to um, get laid a lot. Disgusting. And it's like, oh, wow, you figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got it, Rush V. Yeah. I wanted to quote one of his uh, articles. <laughs> Look, this is r rough. Neil um, looks like a saint next to this yes. guy. So his article, What I've Learned About Women from My Long-Term Secular Relationships. Men assert their interests through logic, dominance, and physical strength. Women assert their interests through beauty, guile, and deception. 
A girl has self-interest in a relationship that may not overlap with yours and will use her strengths to maintain the interest. Lying is one of the ways she steers a relationship into her desired destination. And this is often done unconsciously to the point where she may actually believe the lies she is telling you. I don't care how much of an alpha male you are or how tight your game is, but if you are the only positive influence in your girlfriend or wife's life and everything else around her is pushing her to find... It's pushing her to feed her primal need of pleasure, fun, and higher status men. You will get burned. So uh, Roosh believes in this idea of uh, hypergamy, Mm. which is the hugely misunderstood, misinterpreted idea in the um, men's rights incel community, which is that women always want to have sex with higher status men. Right. Like they're always looking for men who are more alpha than you are. And that's why you the and chats. incel, right, that's why you can't get laid is because women are always trying to uh, move up mm. the male ladder, <laughs> the ladder of men. <laughs> I'm climbing. (laughs) Um, So in scientific literature, what is hypergamy? Well, it's not at all what they describe. So hypergamy refers to the fact that women in in a culture where men have more education, uh, they have more earning power. So women tend to look for men in those situations who uh, do better than they can. Okay. And it's like... Duh. Yeah, that makes of sense. Course, of course. Of course, way back when, when women couldn't earn money on their own. They wanted someone who And they earned had money. to depend on a man for financial stability. Of course, they looked yeah. around for the best deal that of was course. available to them. Of course. It's not at all. What, no. And I'm just like, it's astonishing to me how many men think that this is a real thing. Yeah. How many women do you know are in a relationship and are like, I'm just looking for the next dick? No. Almost none. I can't think of someone who does that. I can't think of anyone that does that. Almost all women I know are dating, frankly, down, where it's like, oh, you're bringing at me. It's like, oh, you're bringing your boyfriend? Okay, great. Yeah. Like, no one has ever... I know no women dating a man that's worth their time. An impressive or, man. No, that even has a better job than her. I no. mean, this is this is 2020. Right. And so now, so with these articles on hypergamy, what they mm-hmm. talk about is like now that women have, um, women are gradually becoming more and more educated. Mm-hmm. And so this is going away. Yes. Where it's like women are like, well, I have money and I have a job and... Yeah, it's also this bizarre idea that Rouge promotes this a lot in his lectures that feminism has made it so that women don't want to submit to you, and so it's causing chaos in the world. Yeah, and it's like no feminism is like what's made sex way more widely available. Yes, it's just such a confused, like absolutely oopsie doopsie yeah, topsy turvy, mm-hmm. like total opposite. Opposite. They took a word and they went, oops, misunderstanding, <laughs> but I'm going to preach it. And it's like we think about like men from my dad's generation. Mm-hmm. They'd all say like, well, the main issue I have with dating is that women want a commitment right away. Yeah. And I feel like that is – I don't think that that is necessarily always true. I think that that's more true, right, than yeah, women sure. always know. wanting to be with someone who's better. I think that most women are like, oh – the guys I'm with, the guy I'm with is kind of a piece of shit, but I'm afraid of being alone, so I'll just yeah. stick it out. Like I encounter that. That's way more common in our world, I think, than can't yeah. wait to find the better earner. Yeah, yeah. 
or taller man like, or but I don't know. I feel like men, especially in the incel community, they really focus this on looks where it's like, oh, you have to have a square jaw and no, be you don't. six feet tall. And it's like, I feel like women are the ones who are so much more expansive in what they find yeah. attractive. Yeah, oh my God, yes. Like I've, I've dated men who I did not find attractive at all initially. Yeah. But then I got to know them and I was like, oh, they're funny or whatever. Totally. It's like, you can be funny, you can be successful, you can be charismatic. Like they're so... It's just, it's There's not There's so many really. things you can be. There's so many things you can be. And women are the ones where it's like, you're really like, from birth, you are sprayed yep. with a, a, a fire hose of the idea that like, you are your looks, you are yes. your relationships, you it's your job to make other people happy and comfortable. Yeah. And it's like men get a little taste of this, get a little taste of rejection oh, based God. on looks, and they just flip and out, like, have a meltdown. Women hate us unless you have jaws. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you chinless nerds. Another idea that comes up a lot in this in this world of hypergamy that they imagine. Sure. Uh, so it came out. It came out. This I just spat. You should. You should. Say, ew! You spat on me. That's a ew, good neck. You spit on me. I'm spitting all over this microphone, and I don't care. You can't make me ashamed. Um, so there was this. Uh, this it, it came out. This study that uh, about eight thousand years ago there were more mothers than fathers. So more women have passed on oh, their DNA okay. than men have. Why is this? Well, if you go to a website called MasculineDevelopment.com. And I won't. They say, when you look at the genetic history of humankind, you'll see that roughly 50% of men didn't reproduce, whereas 100% of women did reproduce. I'm sure that, okay. I'm sure that other websites phrase this better or have a better understanding of what's actually being said. A hundred percent of women reproduced. Anyway, I should have found a better source, but this is just the first one I found. Um, but it's this idea that that means that the top ten percent of men get ninety percent of the women. You get it? I do get it. So, but let's look at what that uh, actually is about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Historically, more of the women. This is from uh, Live Science. Um, historically, more of uh, more of the women were reproducing than the men. Study researcher Mark Stone King, a professor of biological anthropology at the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology in Leipzig, Germany, told Live Science in an email: "This often happens in human societies because not all men are able to afford wives, or sometimes a few men will have many wives." So what they think is like mm. there was a time when like uh, the distribution of wealth made it so that only a small number of men had enough wealth to support their wives. So again, it has nothing to do with what women want or yeah, women it going sound out. sound like it's what women want. It's not women <laughs> going out and being like, who's the alpha? I'm going to punish nerds by only having sex with really <laughs> hot guys. Yeah. It's societies where men can only have wives and men can only impregnate women that they can afford. Yes. So this uh, situation, they believe, went away just because the distribution of wealth changed and there was more of a middle class in Mesopotamia or wherever. And it's just, again, it's astonishing how, like, especially these men are also like, men are all about facts and logic. And it's like, okay, how did you get this so wrong? (laughs) And how could you possibly think that this makes sense? Right. It's almost like you're not that smart. 
And maybe that's why women don't want to talk to you. I was going to say, you, 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 you guys make us hate you. We don't in, in, intrinsically hate you. We don't you. intrinsically hate you. I really don't. I don't look at a, a, a You ner- love men. I, I love, I notoriously love men. Um, You're a flirt. I'm a flirt. I can't help it. Uh, I keep, my mom said I was born and I winked at the doctor. That is my, my Yikes. MO. Yikes. But you make me hate you yeah. when you behave this yeah. way. Yeah. And you and also all the women I know. A man I know who I recently uh stopped talking to um <laughs> shared this idea with me. Like before I'd even started looking into mm-hmm. this, he was like, "Yeah, it's the 80/20 rule. Um 80% of women go for the top 20% of mm-hmm. men." And I was like, "What do you base that on?" Yeah, what? And he was like, "Oh, it's a rule in sales." And I was like, yeah, that makes it that like 80% of your sales come from 20% of your customers. Well, yeah, that makes sense. And that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you're a great salesman. Sorry, I'm Stick shouting. To that. <laughs> but it's like I can see how that applies to uh sales. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, not to humanity. <laughs> you guys get it. You're you're smart. Yeah, our listeners know what's up. Yeah. This was by the way a listener suggested episode. Oh yeah. So if you want us to shout about your favorite topics, uh message us on Instagram at yeah no yeah podcast or on Twitter at yeah no pod. Right? Suggest. Suggest away. Follow us on Twitter at yeah no pod. We'll do all this for you. We'll do it all. Um, and yeah, thanks for the suggestion. This is a really it's exciting a really fun. Topic. Yeah, we're. I can't wait to never touch a man again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Roosh's worst worst move. Um, I'm gonna go dark. I'm gonna go real dark, and then we're gonna. There's gonna be a light. Are you gonna the lift me up at the end? I'm gonna lift you up at the end. Okay, you have to. Okay. I'm grabbing my so barf bag. He published an article called "How to Stop Rape," and it goes. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna leave. And it says, uh, plug yours. It says, if rape becomes legal under my proposal, a girl will protect her body in the same manner that she protects her purse and smartphone. If rape becomes legal, a girl will not enter an impaired state. I'm laughing because Katie's having a meltdown. I'm not laughing at what he's saying. An impaired state of mind where she can't resist being dragged off to a bedroom with a man who she is unsure of. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna leave the rest out because I can tell. I can tell you're I'm not. You're not handling back and it well. Forth. So okay, is he still alive? Where does he live? <laughs> so okay, I'm gonna tell you what happened to Roosh. So he said um, in a tweet about this. Obviously, this led to backlash. Can't imagine why. Oh wow. Uh, from uh, women and uh, also men. Yeah. Apparently. Sometimes <laughs> men will say, "Hey, that's too much." They show. He shows a video of like, look at how unreasonably people responded. Of like a bunch of dudes being like, "Get up." Fuck out of here. Because <laughs> it's like no one likes you. That's no, thing. you fucking suck. Um, anyway, so he said in a tweet, uh, I'll state once again, the How to Stop Rape article was satire. No. Neither me nor my supporters want rape to be legalized. The media is lying. Here's the thing. You don't know what satire means. No, I was going to say you don't. Because when you satirize something, you're poking holes in the argument. Mm-hmm. What you're saying here is perfectly in line with everything else you've ever yes. said. Yes, uh, yes, In his whole hypergamy thing, he talks about... How he was with this YouTube video he made where he was like, I tried to make a hoe a housewife. And he talks about how like this girl he was dating, uh, it was going well and he they were in love, but he had to break up with her because um, he couldn't successfully cut off her contact with other men. And he's so like bald facedly an abusive person. Yeah. 
So after that article came out, Amazon kicked him off. He's, they said, you can't Good. sell your books here anymore. Yeah. And then eventually PayPal also was like, Good. you can't use our services Um so then he made a goodbye post, and he uh, predicted that he wouldn't be the la- uh, the last right-wing internet figure to fall victim to an activism campaign uh, aimed at a tech company. I'm not sure what, what? the tech company is. <laughs> um, I think they mean, like, oh, PayPal and Amazon. Like, all these – when these mm. people are kicked off platforms, they're always like, oh, I'm being silenced, free speech, blah, right. blah, blah. <laughs> uh, he said, soon the hammer will come down on anyone who dares to share the truth, he wrote. In 2018, Verush deleted a lot of his form. Um, I'm sorry, I've switched back and forth between calling him Verush and Roosh. Um, he deleted a lot of his form, his podcast, and unpublished his books and some of his articles. Thank God. And then he said he had had a conversion experience. He uh, met a woman who uh, kicked his ass? No, no, wouldn't go that far. <laughs> he still very much hates women. Um, uh, so in a YouTube video that I watched from January 21st, uh, entitled Help Me Decide on My New Career. Of this very month? Yes. Of this very last yes, month? Yes, days ago. Wow. He said, uh, once I received God's grace, I began to feel a new sense of right and wrong. The feeling I got was a new person inside me. A lot of things in the past, like sleeping around, I couldn't do anymore. So he says he's a Christian now, and so he's taking it all back. Um, in that, so when my dad told me about this, he was like, oh, this guy realized how evil he was and that's why he stopped selling his books. And uh, based on what I've read, I think that he was uh, very handicapped by a bunch of companies saying, we're not going to allow you to use our platforms anymore. And I think that's probably what inspired him to say like, oh, I'm going to make a change because throughout the the things that I can, that I watched of his, it seems like he's saying, I am not going to advocate this anymore because it goes against the Lord to fornicate. He's not saying, I was deeply fucked up in my attitude toward women. Yeah. He's not saying that. He's not saying that. He's just saying like, oh, God's grace. Now I see that sex is. So it's still, he's still coming at it from a, uh, you know, women have to be. It's just he's found, it seems to me he's found a new way to say his same, like a slightly more wholesome version People of the same People love to hide message. under God's robe. He's he's looking up <laughs> God's skirts. Yep. And that's all I'll say about him. So, okay. We bring I me almost, up because I'm short-circuiting. I almost left Roosh out because he is by far the most extreme <laughs> yeah, example. Bad. And I don't think that anyone but the most depraved internet goblins think that that is a good idea. I agree. It makes sense. But I will say the hypergamy thing, the women passed on more of their DNA thing, those are everywhere. Yeah. Those are such popular ideas among men. And I just want to uh, just it, every man you see today, go up to him, take him by the shoulders, <laughs> shake him and say, what do you think hypergamy is real? Describe it. That's not what it is. Let me explain to you what it actually is. It's good that you don't have to support me financially. That's good for both of us. Yeah. Smack, smack, smack. <laughs> okay. But smack I wanted a man to say, today. Smack a man today. Please, from us. From us. us. <laughs> Um, so, okay. Neil said in a 2015 interview with The Atlantic um, when he was with his wife after he had published The Truth, he said, uh, before my son was born, I wrote him a letter that said, hey, I just want you to know your mother and I love each other so much and we made this decision to have you and you were born out of love and you're wanted 
And this is a story of how you came into the world. Just before he was born, I put it in an envelope and sealed it, sent it to him at our address, and now it's sealed in a folder for when he's older to know that whatever happens, he comes from a foundation of love, of being loved and being wanted. I think that that's what we lacked in the game and what we went out to find from other people. I'll take it. We'll, you know we'll what? Take it. I'll fucking you take it. You know what? It. And I feel like that's what women have been saying from the dawn of civilization. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Okay. You're doing, you look, sweetie, you're sweetie, doing okay. I can work with this. Let's populate the earth. 